Goodbye and welcome to another episode of Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. And remember, folks, this is widescreen podcasting. This is widescreen podcasting. Yes, everyone, you have read the title correctly. 
This is what we're talking about today. I know it's a bit chasing the headlinesy. I know, but hey, here at Paul and I think we are, if nothing, diligent when it comes to all things in the music scene, especially when it pertains to our lad Paul and the Fab Four. Yes, today, as you may have guessed, we are going to be talking about AI, artificial intelligence. This was a bit of a spontaneous one, really. And it actually came about during my recording with Ken for his YouTube show. Uh, That's happening a lot on Paul or Nothing lately, where episodes seem to be spontaneously coming out of my mind during the recording of other episodes. But yeah, I thought this one would be quite interesting, as, as I really haven't heard many people in the Beatle community talking about it outside of moaning about it on message boards and comment sections. So I thought it'd be fun to get a little bit of a dialogue going here on Paul Ornithink. Now, I remember when I started the show, I was the young one of the Beatles' new media crew, but now I'm definitely uh, barreling towards middle age. So I thought it would be best if I represented the middle ground, and I thought I would bring on young Skylar Moody with all of her her bright young energy to come on and represent the youth of today, and to represent the stalwart first and second generation Beatle fans, there was no other person I could think of having on other than Mr. Ken Michaels himself. This was a really fun episode to do. Uh, Ken actually wasn't even sure that we were going to have like half an hour's worth of material, but as you can see, we talk for quite a bit longer than that. I was very happy with that. And we had a lot of fun, whilst also being a lot more informative and quizzical and maybe even philosophical than we're used to here on Paul or Nothing. This is some different content. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I always like being on the ball. We've done this a couple of times in the past to varying levels of success. So I hope this is a good one. I really hope you enjoyed it, folks. So without any further ado, let's just cut right to the live feed where we're going to talk about AI, Paul McCartney, the Beatles, and how it's all linked. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the live portion of a very special episode of Paul or Nothing. And being that it is live, it can only mean that it is time to introduce today's guests. And my first is a stalwart veteran of this podcast, but also of broadcasting in general, leading me to nickname him The Podfather. His (laughs) widely syndicated radio show, Every Little Thing, basically laid the foundations for podcasting as a format, or Beatles podcasting, and his other projects, including... Things We Said Today, Talk More Talk, and his YouTube channel are all amongst the best Beatle content there is. We spoke very recently on his YouTube show about our underrated McCartney albums. Go and check that out if you haven't already. Everyone, please welcome back to the show, the one and only Mr. Ken Michaels. Ken, how you doing, my buddy? What's going on? I'm doing fine. This is going to be an interesting topic. No, I can <laughs> tell that there are some passions boiling under the surface already, and I am... I'm just looking forward to opening the stables and just watching you both bolt. I really am. <laughs> I'm guessing you're looking forward to putting us whippersnappers in our place, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> Youngins. Youngins, i got to straighten you out. No, Ken, I just want to say, <laughs> off the air, we spoke recently about how we hadn't done anything recently, and we both put our money where our mouth is, and we've both done uh, each of our shows in quick succession. So I just thought that was really cool. It's always a pleasure being on your show, so thanks for having me back. And we are not alone, Ken. My next guest today, you will also have seen very recently on this show with her first edition of The Skylar Moody Report, which was, oh my gosh, an episode that I had so much fun putting together and making myself feel very out of the loop. But 
She is our eyes and ears over in the States, but you will probably know her mostly as the Beatles TikToker and professionally as a social media maestro. Everyone, please welcome back to the show, Skylar Moody. How's it going? Hello, it is great to be back. I'm happy to talk to you guys. No, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. It really is. But before we do that, just without you being modest, have you already accrued enough Beatles social events to do another Skylar Moody report? I think so. I mean, I got one (laughs) weekend. (laughs) There's stuff piling up, definitely. So I'm ready whenever you are. Oh, I don't think I can make episodes quick enough to keep up with your calendar. <laughs> Beatles socialite. Now that's now now that's something. It, it, it'd be nice I've to coined that to. term officially. Yes. <laughs> the dowagers of of her Beatles. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. Currently, that's uh, Kit O'Toole. I guess she's the royalty. So a bit of competition there, maybe. But anyway. Okay. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Why are we here today? Well, simply put, we're going to have a little conversation about the current condition of the music industry. Uh, We're not going to do a full State of the Union address, don't worry, but we're going to focus on one of the big buzzwords of the modern day, AI. Yes, folks, you've probably read the title already. I listened to the intro, but today we're going to talk about artificial intelligence, specifically how it applies to the world of music and specifically, specifically the world of Beatles and solo Beatles, of course. This is essentially going to be a three-way conversation where we'll hopefully, between the three of us, cover all of the big opinions and hot takes there are to have. And before we do that, I'll quickly just explain what AI is. Here we go. Deep breath. Artificial intelligence is a constellation of many different technologies working together to enable machines to sense, comprehend, act, and learn with human-like levels of intelligence, such as machine learning and natural language processing AI still cannot perform better than humans in many kind of ways, particularly in creativity. And so human-machine collaboration is crucial for it to work. So if all is to be believed, AI is an extension of human capabilities, not a replacement. And the leading opinion is that AI cannot fundamentally generate new ideas on its own. So it can kind of come up with what can be seen as ideas. It can generate concepts and rough drafts and talking points and so maybe that could be seen as a catalyst towards other people like real people's creativity though there's the other flip side which is ai may inhibit creativity if it does get more intelligent and more helpful and more distracting but what has this got to do with beatles folks well i know you're wondering about that so let's just listen to an example of what we're talking about in terms of ai and beatle music Don't look at me, it's way too soon to see what's gonna be, don't look at me All my life, I never knew what I could be, what I could do, then we were new There's no 
gosh folks that was a real thing that was an ai generated version of new which has john lennon on backing vocals and women and wives where paul is digitally de-aged for the most part these ai efforts have largely been used to fulfill a lot of these kind of post beetle wish list fantasies but now we're also getting a couple of conceptual beetle ones creeping in okay now that we know what we're dealing with let's move on to the opening statements Ken, here you are the person who has seen the music industry and the music listening industry, I guess the broadcasting industry, change more than anyone. How sympathetic are you uh, to people out there who are upset by, sceptical of, or even genuinely afraid of AI in music? I'm very sympathetic because it's not the real thing. I mean, that's, that's my main concern. You know, I remember, this is just to, to bring up one particular incident. I had a guest uh, on several of my different shows, Dave Morell, who's been an industry veteran, a man who has worked in, uh, in promotions at record companies. And back in 1986, when Press to Play came out, there was a, a big party in New York City for that. And a hot topic during those years was the Beatles Sessions album which had a lot of outtakes and songs that hadn't been released or, you know, demos, come and get it, the kind of stuff that eventually ended up on the Beatles anthology. And Paul was asked what he thought about Sessions, and the Beatles had blocked that from being released. And he, he was concerned about young people buying this and thinking this version of Can't Buy Me Love, Take 20, is the real version when it wasn't, you know. But there you're, you're still talking about Beatles recordings that they made. For real, those are Beatles recordings. But he was concerned about new generations and how people would be hearing this and con getting confused between what they released and what they felt wasn't as good a take. So, but this is taking things to such a different level. AI, it's it's um you know it's it's recordings that the Beatles never approved of, that they had nothing to do with. And my biggest concern are, yes, I know that there are a lot of people going to YouTube, playing these audio recordings, seeing the letters AI and knowing what it is. But there's always going to be a lot of people out there, old and new, that are going to play it that may not know the original versions, especially of a lot of solo music, and think this is the real thing and may be brought up on those recordings. And that's just so completely wrong. <laughs> I understand, certainly in, in the podcast world, all the complaints about Paul's vocals, his aging vocals. It's not as good as it used to be. But still, what he releases is the real thing. And, you know, it's cool what you can do with technology. It's nice to think, hey, I can I can give you this version of I Don't Know with a younger Paul McCartney sounding like he might have in the 80s or 90s. And it sounds fantastic, but it's still not the real thing. It's not what what Paul went into the studio, worked on, 
and approved himself. You know, so that really concerns me. You know, it's taking things, it's way too much liberty in playing with these recordings. It's marvelous what you can do, but I certainly, not only do I not want fans old and new to be confused and be and being brought up on these other recordings, I'm concerned about the artist. Uh, I just don't want more confusion out there on the market for this kind of thing. Uh, I don't know what more to say <laughs> at this moment, but mm -hmm. it's a completely different world now that you can do this. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be this anti-technology person, but you can use technology to your advantage for good. And I don't see any good in this, really. I mean, not only that, you could take you could take virtually any solo Beatles recording and then use the other Beatles vocals on them mm -hmm. <laughs> and make them Beatles recordings. And that's just so completely wrong. You know, it's it's not the way that they released it. And for anything the Beatles put out as a group, they all had to approve it. They certainly wouldn't want something like this to go out. And yet, you know, the Beatles embraced technology as a band and through their solo careers. But I think this is taking things way, way too far. So your main issue is one of kind of uh, authoral intent and almost like brand IP protection as well, in a way, like this could end up superseding or replacing people's experience with the music. I'm feeling you're being quite McCartney-esque about this, actually. I feel like this is probably what Paul's big problem with it as well rather than it like you know taking money away from anyone or anything in this world of say <laughs> mass communication and you know you can have an instagram reel or a facebook short or sorry a youtube short or a tiktok where there's just a song playing in the background it's not credited properly it's just there you have to do proper diligence and research to see it i can see a certain aspect where people might get confused and the brand could be diluted negatively. But couldn't also this just be the new version of the classic doomsday conversations like auto-tune, file sharing, streaming that we've all eventually adapted to as a society, do you not think? Huh. Not everyone I know has adapted to auto-tune, <laughs> especially a lot of the older people. You know, um, I know what you're saying, but still, it's up to the artists themselves. Ringo uses auto-tune, you know, but at least he's the one approving it. Mm -hmm. You know, that makes it his product. He can just say, no, I don't want it. You know, the recording should be in the control of the artist himself. And this way, it's not. And even if the artist is getting compensated in some way, it's still, you know, I'm going to be... If this gets accepted more and more, I'm going to be witnessing a lot of young fans and new fans that aren't going to know the real versions and may not even care to know the new versions. Well, that's the issue, because I feel like I don't want to be doing the no true Scotsman argument, but most fa a true fan would know whether it's an AI or not. I feel like everyone here feels like they have a good ear for spotting the fake ones. And with AI being in its rudimentary form, some of them are quite maybe even the majority are not that good with a few exceptions here and there. Yeah. But it, thankfully, one of the things about the Beatles catalog is that it is winning over new generations of fans, you know, but 
they when they're being introduced to the music they don't know it that well you can't just assume everybody knows every song inside and out and they certainly don't know all the solo music that well they could just as easily hear this version of new and think that's the one that's how it came out not everyone's going to look at that youtube video and see the letters ai they're not going to necessarily study it they'll they'll see paul mccartney new or something and then just play it and not care and it's it's just um uh, i feel for the artist in this case but i also think that the the fans you know there are plenty of them who are intelligent who know that these are ai and are just having fun with it and maybe it's the flavor of the month you know but there's always going to be those out there that aren't educated who are just learning for the first time and for all the people that yearn for the Beatles to stay together, this is like a dream come true where you can make solo recordings, Beatle recordings. And that's kind of insulting to them as individuals. Mm. I feel like I'm John Hammond in Jurassic Park here where I'm <laughs> saying, you know, who are we to stand in the light of discovery? You know, but but Ken, don't worry. In this analogy, you're sexy Jeff Goblin doing like, you, you know, you're, you're all laid out. So... <laughs> Yeah, even artificial life finds a way. But I think we should hear from our other speaker now. I feel like we're going to get a different take here. Skylar, I feel like you here today are going to represent the youth of today. And, you know, you are deeply embedded in new, 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 new media. And so what reactions to AI have you seen across these platforms? And do you see this introduction into the fandom as part of the natural evolution of things that will actually keep the fandom alive i think definitely i agree with ken from a legal perspective if these ai covers keep getting generated and keep getting put out there maybe paul and ringo don't approve of it or other artists if their music is getting ai generated they're probably not going to approve of it but from what i've seen like on youtube and the internet i mean you already know if you upload a video like youtube can immediately flag a copyright and take it down and so far with whatever's up there, either there's been no copyright or there's just a copyright claim where they attribute the original song in the description. So I think for now we might be safe because everything is still new and coming up with AI, but in the future, who knows? And I'm thinking for the future of the Beatles fandom, I mean, personally, if I was going into the fandom today, if I knew nothing about any of the Beatles and I went on YouTube and saw that AI-generated version of new, and it said if it said new... AI, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, I'd say, well, what's this? I'd listen to it. And then I'd think, okay, well, if this is AI, then what's the original version? And then I'd go back and try to find the original version. And then I'd listen for comparison and say, oh, well, you know, like I might prefer the AI over the original, who knows? But even then I still would have gone back to that original source and listened to it. And then if I wanted to get further into the music, then I could, if I wanted to, if I just mm. wanted to leave it at AI, then that was that. But I mean... I would know that it's not the original. But then, yeah, there might be some other people out there that don't, especially if it keeps getting like repurposed and put out on different platforms and people just forget to add in AI. You could have those people that do that and say, oh, well, this is Paul McCartney singing new or this is Paul McCartney and John Lennon singing new, done. And then everyone would think that it was the original in that case. And then there would be the select few that would say, no, no, that's not the original. And I feel like, yeah, that could be, something that might start to happen in the future as AI starts to get bigger. And that I'd be a little bit worried for. But for now, what I've seen with AI in the Beatles fandom, we all know, like anyone that I'm speaking with 
my age online or on TikTok. I know it's a lot of young fans out there, even on Twitter too. We all know the original songs already because this is all we've had for years and years. So I think with AI coming out and having all these new like duets, like John and Paul singing this one solo song or that one solo song, it's like new content for us because we never got to experience that whole, you know, new Beatles album coming out in the 60s. Like we didn't get to experience all those Beatlemania years with everything being new and laid out right in front of you. So I think this is kind of our way of experiencing our own little Beatlemania. Like we'll take any new content that we can get. And if AI is going to be the one to give it to us, then that's what we're going to get. I just hope that it'll continue to be a good thing as opposed to going to something bad. That is so true. We will take what we can get. Uh, we will never have that experience of knowing, you know, except for with things like, you know, oh, McCartney 3 or Let's Change the World is coming out. Like that's about as as mm -hmm. close we can get to that. But oh, but in, why, why are you assuming that everybody wants this? I mean, there's a lot of young fans out there that didn't experience the Beatles when they were around and, but still, why can't they just hear the Beatles recordings of their own music and not solo recordings that are made into Beatle recordings? Well, new you fans, know, it's, new fans, you would hope that they would go back and they would see, oh, this is AI, and then they want to go listen to the original. I mean, if they don't, then that's really unfortunate. And it's like, okay, well, I wish you would go back and listen. But I mean, if they don't, they don't. You can't really do anything about it. You can't force someone to go back and listen to what the original sounded like. Well, that's that's my beef here. They should know the originals. That's yeah. How like the I would like them to it. know, that's... but I'm not going to, you know, like hold someone at gunpoint and say you have to listen to the originals or else. But it would be a good thing if they heard the AI and they wanted to go back to the originals. But I think that it would be wrong for them to prefer the AI versions because it's not the way that they released it. Mm. If anything, yeah, it's like an extension. It's too much freedom to be given with these recordings. You know, and don't get me wrong, there's there's some really cool aspects of this whole thing, especially for Beatle fans. You know, the history of music that they love and they admire from other artists. And you've got Paul McCartney singing God Only Knows with the with the Beach Boys background. Mm -hmm. You've got you've actually got Paul's voice singing If by Red, <laughs> which was a tremendous ballad, great love song. And you, you might there's certain artists who you grew up with that you definitely heard a Beatles influence. And like, if you grew up on Gilbert O'Sullivan, you know, and you thought, wow, definite McCartney influence. What if Paul sang Alone Again Naturally, you know, which was his biggest. But I'm just saying that aspect is kind of cool. But then again, then I'd be a hypocrite for wanting that to, to be out there because people should know the original recordings. That's just my own feeling about it. You know, I don't think that there should be this this much freedom. And there we are, folks. We're now at the halfway point in this episode. And now it's time for us to take a little break while we crack on with this week's housekeeping. Starting off with the news. Well, what do we have, folks? Well, unfortunately, we're going to start off with something in the shadow realm of news with the death of Chaz Newsby. Don't worry, the name wasn't immediately recognisable to me either, but his place in the Beatles story is indeed noteworthy in its own right, as Newby was famous for a brief stint with the Beatles in 1960, playing on stage with Lennon, McCartney and Harrison for four engagements in December 1960, those being the 17th of December at the Casbah Club, the 24th of December at the Grosvenor Ballroom, 
the 27th of December at Litherland Town Hall and on the 31st of December again at the Casbah Club. Now, whilst Len reportedly wanted Newsby to continue and tour with the band in West Germany, he declined and instead returned to university. Apparently, Newsby was also left-handed, which made him the first left-handed Beatles bassist. Of course, I've only just found out about this story. It sounds very interesting indeed. I'm definitely going to be looking up this guy. His story sounds pretty interesting indeed. Imagine being a guy who could say you were in a band with the Beatles. You were in the Beatles, technically. What a fun thing to uh, talk about at the Christmas dinner party, eh? But yeah, rest in peace to Chaz Newsby. Thoughts and prayers to his family, of course. Then, in our next piece of news, famed Wings saxophonist Howie Casey is auctioning off his own saxophone to raise money for Christchurch Hospice, who helped care for his late wife, singer Sheila Casey. Again, sadly, Sheila died in 2012, aged 71, following a long fight against breast cancer, for which she was cared for by the staff at the Macmillan Unit at Christchurch Hospital. Now, the article talking about this was published on the 25th of May and I'm now recording this uh, housekeeping segment on the 26th of May and already the auction for said saxophone on eBay has already been taken down so I, d- I don't know what's exactly happening with this one folks uh, put your fears out on eBay if you feel like buying one of Howie Casey's saxophones you know it may very well be the same saxophone used for Bluebird or Wings Over America You never know. You never know. And finally, to round things off, with something not about death, actually, we have the announcement of a new BBC series that will feature Paul McCartney. Well, I say feature Paul, more specifically uh, a a previous residence of his. The childhood home of Paul McCartney will feature in episode three of Hidden Treasures of the National Trust, as it continues to follow the curators and conservators who breathe new life into places and objects in the charities they care for. The six-part series explores the extraordinary work that the National Trust does for its venues and you know, all the collections it curates for future generations, and it talks to the staff and the volunteers and their passions, yada, yada, yada. The important thing is, folks, that this next episode is going to be about Paul McCartney's childhood home. So if that interests you, make sure you go and check that out on iPlayer. But yeah, that is the news for this week. There was some stuff about auctions happening, but I'd rather wait until the stuff sells. So I'll be reporting that in a future news update, I am sure. And now that the news is out of the way, let's get on with the plugs. First of all, we have the emails. Yes, we do actually have a new email this week. But if you have anything you want to say to the show, if there's anything you like, you don't like, anything you want to bring up about episodes, past, future, or present anything to do with McCartney at all, drop us an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. I always love reading out your correspondence. We have one quick email here today from a user I regularly see on the Twitter page. That's Mr. John Carp. And he says, Dear Sam, I enjoyed your conversation with Skylar Moody on the Carnegie Hall tribute to Paul, which I also attended. I wanted to share some additional tidbits. First of all, Paul's message apologising for not being there himself but thanking all who were present was signed from the bottom of my bottom, loved Paul. I thought that was cute. Second, one of the few disappointments of the evening was that only one of Paul's songs performed there post-dated Mull of Kintyre. 
That was Ingrid Michelson's medley of I Will and Calico Skies. The imbalance was only partly compensated for the fact that hers was one of the evening's definitive highlights. I'm thrilled that Paul's post-Beatles music is now being more widely celebrated, but those outside the immediate fandom have yet to explore beyond the 70s. I hope the public discovers the later stuff sooner or later. Keep up the good fight, John. Ah, oh, thank you so much for that, John. It's always nice to have someone else there be our eyes and ears on the ground as well. Of course, folks, if any of you attend any of the shows that we talk about here on the show, whether it's a specific gig review episode or just a little recap, do let me know your side of the story. I'm always interested in hearing different angles or as John's done here, just giving little extra bits of trivia. It's always greatly welcomed. As always, John, thank you for your continual uh, contact and interaction with the Poor or Nothing podcast. Your contributions are always greatly appreciated. And I hope you really enjoyed the Carnegie Hall show. It sounded like it was a real laugh. It really does. And now the emails are over. Let's just get through the rest of the plugs. Uh, for daily contact and updates with Paul or Nothing, follow us on our Twitter page, which is at McCartneyPod. For bonus Paul or Nothing written content, check out the blog, which is paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. Uh, check out our socials, which is uh, like Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, by typing in Paul or Nothing or Paul McCartney Podcast. Of course, YouTube is where you can also find our sister program, Macca in Your Attic, where me and a guest go through their McCartney and Beetle memorabilia. If you love Paul or Nothing, you'll like that show. It's got a lot of the guests that we also have on this show as well. Go and check it out. And finally, if you want to help out the show directly, but only in a way that takes less than 30 seconds and requires no financial input from you, then please give us some form of interaction. Whether you leave a review, whether it's leaving a stars, a thumbs up, a tick, a like, a heart, a comment, sharing it with friends in real life, sharing it on a Facebook group or Reddit, whatever. If you can let someone new know about Paul and I think, or let us know about how you feel about the show, preferably something positive, it is greatly appreciated. It really helps out in all those impossible algorithms and that kind of thing. It spreads the love. You know the shtick. And finally, if you want to help out the show right away, directly, in a way that helps the show grow, helps keep the light running, helps keep me in new product, and also just allows me to buy a little bit of vinyl every now and then, then please consider joining our Patreon page. Patreon, as I'm sure you know by now, is the platform where we the public to support independent content creators such as myself. But it's not just a gimme. You do get your money's worth. You get instant access to the Paul or Nothing video feed. So anything I record with or without a guest um, that's done on video goes instantly on there. You can get episodes weeks, sometimes months ahead of schedule. Uh, we're doing a big three-part episode on the concert for George soon and my uh, two-part interview with Dylan CV, our like four or five-hour conversation. It has been up there for weeks now, but it's, that's all not coming out for weeks. So if you want to get that right now, you can check it out. Um, full completed edited episodes of Paul or Nothing are also uploaded two days early episodes of Mac in the Attic are uploaded on the Patreon week early you also get access to lost bonus and deleted episodes of Paul or Nothing you get all the scripts I use as well as well as the exclusive Paul or Nothing Patreon bonus vlog series where every week or two I do a bonus episode just for the Patreon about stuff that I can't quite fit into the show or would be appropriate for the show or 
just extra special topics that I save just for you over there. So if you like the show, if you like what I do, if you think it's worth a dollar or two, then please consider joining our wonderful Patreon page links down below. We also have a brand new patron this month who is called Maggie Barnes. Hello, Maggie. I hope you're enjoying your patronage so far. I hope you enjoyed all that bonus content. Welcome to the wonderful Poor or Nothing family. A family of people who include Maggie Barnes, Mr. PJ Bellchamber, Stephen Larnham, Isabella Diaz, Stephanie Bradley, Louise Overberg, John Carp. Oh, John's a bloody patron as well. Sorry, John. I thought you were on the Twitter. Sorry, of course, mate. Lots of love. Brian Brigman, Annie McNeil, Percy Thrillington, David Stabersky, Andy Cochran, Guy Jenkinson, Nancy Twoey, Christopher Newman, Mrs. P, Roderick Harper, Chris Atkinson, Bowie or Bowie, Richard Biddington, Teresa Brader, Stuart Cook, Cheryl McCoy, Lou Leonardo, Robert A. Carabelli, Warren Butson, and Matt Phillips. Thank you to all of my patrons. You make this show possible. Your contributions uh, cannot be put into words. They really cannot. So, yeah. But yeah, enough of all of this shameless self-promotion. Let's get back to my conversation with Ken Marcus and Scarlett Moody as we talk about AI. Let's go. So, like, when you see something like Creep or Take On Me by the Beatles or, you know, Paul McCartney does Tears in Heaven, is that less blasphemous for you, I guess? Would be, sorry for, you, for the provocative word, but I guess... Is that more clearly a novelty? You know, this is more like, oh, this is clearly an experimental little fun thing to do. It's obviously not real. It's obviously not uh, a supposition or a replacement for the original. Whereas playing with God within the soundscape of the Beatles, is that where it becomes a crime, I guess, would you say? You know, it, maybe maybe I look at it more as a novelty that way when it when it's Paul McCartney singing someone else's music, where it should be more apparent that it's not for real. But mm-hmm. when it's his own songs and a lot of people look, McCartney has a massive catalog. I don't expect only only the biggest fans know everything that he's released. But I would think if it's Paul singing "God Only Knows," or I think they have one on uh, "Hello, It's Me," Todd Rundgren's song, they're going to know Paul never released it. I hope that they would know that. Or even John Lennon and Paul McCartney doing Space Oddity, which John sounds very scarily like David Bowie, and it, but in a good way. I thought that one was fabulous. But then you have some maybe not so good ones where you can tell like it's definitely not mm-hmm. them. Maybe just the way it was generated was bad or maybe very clearly their vocals don't match the original song. Cause I heard the Beatles doing Bohemian Rhapsody. And in the beginning when it's the, when it's the piano solo and it's yeah. Paul singing Freddie's part, like it sounds good, but you can still very much hear Freddie. But then when it gets into, oh, I see a little silhouette of a man, then it's just, it fully sounds like Queen. And I'm thinking, no, yeah. I can't listen to this. Like mm. I can't hear that song without hearing Queen. It's just right. all personal reference. But then the issue becomes, are we just waiting for the AI to get better to the point where it becomes indistinguishable? And then if it does become indistinguishable, will people truly adopt it? And then, you know, does the AI become its own artist and celebrity? Will there be separate charts for the AI? Will there be... That's what I'm scared for is that it's just going to take over the music industry completely. And then, you know, like there will be nothing left for actual artists to do, like getting in and actually recording because you'd go, oh, we can just AI generate this and it's all good to go. I'm worried that there's not going to be that natural creativity in the future and that technology is just going to take it all over because you don't want to lose that. You don't want to lose the raw 
genuineness of a recording or the passion that artists have to do it because who knows if they would even be able to anymore with this takeover but then it could in a sense create due to the pushback and skepticism that is always going to be there a real market for real musicians you know it'll give society the kick up the ass it needs to really like appreciate the live music a little bit more and actually the market can end up shifting that way i don't know how many people would adopt ai because so much about an artist why you like them is the artist themselves specifically whether it's because you fancy debbie harry or whether because you think lou reed is really cool like it's it's there's always something there to draw you into them as a person at least for your most beloved artists i think we all love john paul george and ringo for different reasons on different levels but there is always that attachment there and you're not going to have that unless there is the complementary AI-generated CGI personality that, you know, appears as a hologram at the Oscars and stuff like that. I don't know how advanced we're going to end up getting here, but I don't know. I feel like there's always going to be a market for the real thing. And no matter how close something can get to replicating creativity or even replicating it perfectly, it's not going to be creativity, is it? People like people fundamentally at the end of the day. Right. And part of what well, got me into the Beatles, like other than just hearing their voices on the tracks, like I went back, I watched interviews, I watched them in the movies, I got to see their personalities and who they really were at heart rather than just, you know, hearing them on a CD, hearing them on vinyl, I got to see who they really were. And yeah, like you said, with AI, if you're not going to have any of that, if you're just hearing voices or if there's like any auto-generated artists, God forbid, that come out, it's really, you're going to know that it's just a robot. It's just something that was created. It's not someone genuinely for who they are. And I, that is a very big part for any music artist out there. You want to know who they are outside of the studio. Well, what frightens me is if, if you're born into an AI society, you may not know the difference. It's going to be so much a part of your everyday life. You're not even going to flinch. You know, you're just so used to it. And you need to know what the real versions are as compared to the AI versions. You know, there's a lot of good that can come with technology. And I know that there are several artists, Paul McCartney has embraced this on stage on his last tour. He did I've Got a Feeling live with the band and then mixing it with the recording from the Apple Rooftop, you know, with John the, singing it. So they're the going back and forth. But at least Paul's approving it. You know, he's aware of it. And the audience certainly knows because they know the concert. They know the Beatles recording of I've Got a Feeling in the Apple Rooftop. So and there are plenty of other artists that do that, especially when you're considering artists that have passed away. You know, Brian Wilson will perform a song with another uh, Wilson brother singing lead on mm -hmm. stage. But Brian has the final say in that. He's approving that. And the audience knows that. So that is okay. But when it's something that's, you know, out of the hands of the artists, that really disturbs me. I mean, it's fine if, if it generates more interest in general in the artist, but what good is it if there's always going to be this confusion? Or even if you even accept that <laughs> from the very beginning. I mean, I'm very concerned about... Um, you know, people who are giving speeches on stage, and if you have their voice 
already put into a computer where you can play with it, you can create interviews or speeches on stage that never existed. And if it goes out to the media or it goes out on the internet or on YouTube, you may watch that. You may think that's for real. And it could also create a world where you just don't trust anything that you see. I mean, I'm going beyond the music here. I'm serious. Definitely. With all the misconceptions that can already be out there about certain artists or even the Beatles specifically, you don't want you know, further confusion in that sense, definitely. That's where it starts to get horrifying because then that's like borderline. I don't even know if you could say, you could say plagiarism for lack of a better word. That's mm -hmm. what it is because you're creating things that never even happened. And then if any news handles get onto that and they think that it's real because there are definitely publications out there that would do that, then you don't want that out there because that's just going to, you know, limit any credibility. And I think the the reason why this is an appropriate conversation for a Beatles slash Paul McCartney podcast is that the Beatles and particularly Paul are some of the most recorded people of all time, especially if we put all of Paul's live performances in there as well. And that makes them particularly vulnerable to this kind of topic because the computer has so much to draw upon that actually um, – Legacy artists do become the most uh, applicable for this kind of tech, and it's only going to get better and better. And it's not even the present that we have to worry about. Uh, Tom Hanks, in an interview recently, talked about how uh, AI will be able to continue his performances after his death. And so now, now I wonder, is there going to be a time when the people who inherit the next generation of the Beatles estates, like, like, you know, what are they going to do with this kind of opportunities? Maybe, you know, the children of Julian and Sean Lennon, what if they're asked for John's likeness as part of a new AI generator to create new content in the year 2050? And I get why it's scary. I really do. The, the authorial intent and controlling one's product is really important and it's what led to the Beatles' success in the very first place, that, you know, real control. But there's also a part of me that just thinks the the horse has kind of bolted at this point. So we may as well, I don't know, steer it as positively as possible, embrace it as much as possible. I don't know if I can ever embrace it. You know, there, there's something else where I don't know if this is true and people who are watching this can can write in and let us know, but not only can you capture someone's voice, but you can capture the style, the songwriting style of an artist. Mm -hmm. And you could, let's just say it's Paul McCartney, create new Paul McCartney songs in the future. But he didn't write. I did see that on YouTube. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It's interesting. It sounded, it, I don't remember exactly, I don't know if there was even a title for it, but it sounded just like, I wouldn't say it was definitely like a pure Paul McCartney song, but it kind of had those elements and it sounded a little bit like right. it had this scary tone to it you know in the background and i thought okay well i know it's not paul mccartney but you know it's starting to pick up on those little elements that he has and then if ai does continue to get better and better then it could probably replicate a whole album you know word for word sound for sound and oh gosh <laughs> that's all i can say when i think about it like that and i could hear some beatle fans of the world saying well that's a good thing then these artists will never truly die but it's still not their work <laughs> And especially you know? if Paul and Ringo are still out there, you want to hear their actual creations and their actual voice. Yeah. 
It's and, good for, I would say it could be good for carrying on the legacy after they've passed, or if they had, you know, incomplete songs that maybe AI could finish, then that would be great. But for now, while they're still here, I want to hear them for who they really are. But who should get credit for those songs in the future that they didn't write? You know, who does it belong to? L9000, yeah. <laughs> but Ken, you know, is, if or if, uh, authorial ownership is the real issue here. How, how would this conversation look if, say, you know, McCartney, the man who also uh, adopted that face swap technology for the Find My Way Beck music video, you know, he's embracing huh? all, of, all of this stuff. If he releases an AI-generated album, as long as he approves of what's put out and it, it has MPL 2024 on it and all the right stickers and labels and it's put out and he plugs it or, or it's done even as say like a fireman project, like maybe that would be more appropriate uh, venue for that. Then we'd just be talking about either whether we like the music objectively or whether or not your own sensibilities prevent you from liking the music. And in the end, you could say, you could argue that purely the the music's all that matters, and whoever does it actually doesn't matter. Uh, what would you no, say? No, I that? don't think I'll ever feel that way. But I think if Paul released an album that was AI generated and he approved it, I'd be okay with it. But what happens when he passes and other stuff comes out that he has no control over? Well, Will there be laws be... to protect the artist? What's that? That's the mystery of it all. We're not yeah. going to know until we get to that point. I mean, we can yeah. speculate on it. I would hope that he would have like some kind of rights to it, or I would at least say Paul McCartney inspired, or he would get some kind of royalties out of it, but we're yeah. never going to know until we get to that point in the future. Well, um, right now, we've got the current 2023 Hollywood writers strike and part of that, part of their negotiations directly with like Disney and Netflix and all that and Hulu is the use of AI, like creating their kind of content. And this kind of thing could directly affect artists in other ways as well. Like, is Paul McCartney as valuable an artist to for when he's re-upping his contract if there's a computer that can kind of do the similar thing. Uh, I mean, the moment they put out an album and it does go to number one, uh, I'm not sure how much uh, marquee value like Rick Rubin or Jay-Z is even going to have as a producer anymore. It's it, 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 This could be either the biggest tectonic shift we've ever faced or just uh, a new tool to have fun with. Uh, but it's this uh, middle ground of not knowing that I'm actually kind of enjoying, I guess. We just hope that it goes in the right direction. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, fundamentally, and this is my takeaway from this, with all this AI malarkey, I think it's just a novelty. I really do. I don't think it's actually going to have any real impact on our lives artistically, uh, practically, and technologically it is going to completely reroute the whole system. Like, you know, you need like AI assistants and uh, AI traffic control systems and planners and city planners, that kind of thing. That's all going to change. But, you know, I don't think there's ever going to, to replace the artist, the artiste and the muse and the inspiration. Uh, I mean, that, that's been the topic of 
so many a sci-fi movie. Go watch Ex Machina and Terminator 2 out there. You know, you'll learn everything you need to about AI there, folks. But um, the other interesting point for me was kind of how spread the Beatle fandom has been. Uh, at the start of the episode, I kind of implied that there's a lot of people against it, but it was kind of based on where you looked. Like on Facebook, which is, I find, more of a reactionary place because it's where people feel a bit more at home, it was largely negative. YouTube, which is a bit maybe a bit younger, a bit hipper, was largely positive, uh, but also the, the positive comments get to the top um, and the negative comments seem to get to the top on Facebook, different algorithms. But on Twitter where there's just a greater milieu of people, I feel, it was largely 50-50. So I think the fandom as a whole is kind of putting one little toe in the water, I guess. I'm excited. You know, uh, there's there's a lot we could get out of this. Like, Ken, is there no uh, unfulfilled what-if wish list kind of song that you've always kind of wanted to... Like, I mean, let's 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 called a spade a spade the ai generated version of carnival of light is probably going to be a lot better than the actual carnival of light right yeah but if, if carnival <laughs> of light is really an absolutely horrible recording i'd still want to hear the real thing ditto I you know, i at least uh, need that comparison does no one want to hear know. ringo do live in la vida loca or anything like that <laughs> Not I'd see that not as a novelty, and it's like <laughs> we could have fun with that. She's in the superstition, the cats of the dolls. I'd hear a Ringo AI generated any song. Anything. Any song, that would <laughs> I need that. No, I mean, I tell you, uh, even though I, I look at this, I hope this is all a novelty. I pray this is a novelty. It could be a fact. There are certain things. Like, you know, if you can combine, if there's someone that you wanted Paul to work with that he's never worked with before, or, if, you know, someone who's passed on like John or George, and you want them to be combined with the vocals of somebody else, it's a cool idea to do that. And hopefully everybody will know that's not for real. But, you know, if you could do that technology-wise, that's really interesting. As long as fans it's the new fans that i'm concerned about because they don't have all the knowledge they don't have the history they just see what's right in front of them and they could take it in and, and just accept it the way it is you know and and that bothers me it goes back to what paul was saying in 1986 when when press to play came out but this is something completely you know in a whole other stratosphere you know I'll put your mind at ease a little bit with the fans that I know now who like, we know our stuff. We know the history. We all know like the original songs. We're having fun with the AI. We see it as completely a novelty, but that's because we have that knowledge. Like we know what's right. already there. So I can tell you, we know that like, we know how to differentiate between both of the songs. We're good, but yeah, definitely with the new fans, it's just, we can only hope that they're going to spot that difference and they're going to see, okay, well, what you might be hearing might not be the original, but there is an original go hear it. You know, there's a whole history that you can look at and we just hope that it'll fall into the right hands. And what if you hear the AI version first and you start to get really used to that version and then you go back to the original and you're so used to the AI version that you prefer that one. I mean, you can't really, Put, you can't really control what someone's taste is. If you prefer AI, then it's like, okay, well, 
all the more to you, but you know, you can't really, you could have your own opinions and say, oh, well, I wish you liked the original, but you can't force someone to commit to that original version if that's not their preference. Because everybody's got an opinion. It might not be your preferred opinion, but everybody, it's to each their own. In my opinion, I just wish there wasn't even a choice. No matter what, you should know the original. From the AI's perspective, Ken's this great destroyer of worlds. <laughs> no, I, mean, I never, I never had a, a mind that could imagine this could happen in the future. You know, it's a complete shock, and then it's it's multiplying. There's so many videos out there all at once. People are sending me emails. Check this out. Check that out. After a few of them, I'm like, why? Why is this happening? You know, some and, of them are and, interesting, and some of them are downright ridiculous. I had a friend send me the Beatles covering the banana phone song. And I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) great. This is, why is this here? (laughs) Like, it's funny, but also who thought of this? Who thought of this? I think we need to address where I think some of this uh, disparagement is coming from as well. I mean, something I noticed when, when I started Paul and I think as a young man, and now I'm quickly getting silver wingtips as I move forward. But the way I approached the material was without the baggage of the past. So I could enjoy things like press to play without worrying about what other people at the time thought, for example. And the majority of people making the AI content are going to be those younger folks without that baggage. And so I think that's where the la- there's a, there's a disparagement between the reverence to the music I feel and uh, I don't just want to be like, oh, it's old people yelling at yelling at young people, get off my lawn, mm. kind of kind of thing. But I think it's more just how the youth are approaching the material because I don't think there are people in their sixties making AI generated versions of John Lennon singing uh, "Telephone" by Lady Gaga. You know, uh, if anyone has made that, uh, don't put that in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> hear it stop calling stop calling i don't <laughs> want to think anymore yeah i think yeah i think that would work i already do um maybe telephone line would be better <laughs> well i want i want to hear john on call <laughs> me back again it all fits it all it all fits it all fits mm. um i could definitely see ai content appearing as like a bonus track on something uh i, I could definitely see it working in that kind of way but yeah, I mean, I mean, Scarlett, do you see it that way? That this is mostly just younger people not uh, treating the music as uh, gospel, and that it is free to play with. I guess. I mean, with the true fans, we definitely treat it as though like we love that original content. But I think, yeah, this is just us having like a little bit of fun with it and trying to, you know, hear something new because. You know, we love the originals. We're used to hearing it, but it's at the same time we're thinking, okay, well, we've heard these same songs over and over again. You know, like what's something we could do to have a little bit of fun with it, you know, just to see, as Austin Powers would say, for shits and giggles. Mm. You know, we just want to know like what the possibilities are out there. And if it's John and Paul singing a duet that we know that we're never going to get, then that's what we want to hear because then that's fresh to our ears. And it's thinking, oh my God, you know, if both if John was here today and he got in the studio with Paul, you know, what would that sound like? Because we're intrigued and we want to know. Ken, is this not just an extension of the fan remix craze? Like 
I mean, I remember there are, I mean, in film, there are different edits of The Godfather or Star Wars, uh-huh. and they can only use the material that they've got. Maybe you've got deleted scenes, or they might animate something themselves as an intercut scene or something. But right. this is a, a tool that is just allowing new content to be created for what is essentially a remix. So, no, it's this is not a remix. At least okay. with you know with Beatles remixes, you're using the actual master recordings and working with that only. It's their recordings there. It's not taking, um, it, it's not playing around. You know, this is such a. <laughs> you can go in so many directions with this topic, because the Beatles were, and you thought it was going to be a short into... conversation, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I've been proven wrong. Now, I'm thinking about how the Beatles used to take the technology back when they were together and play around with tapes and speed up tapes and slow down tapes and making uh, Paul's voice a little bit higher on when I'm 64 and doing stuff like that. Uh, but at least, again, they're overseeing the whole thing. Everything goes out with their approval. So in the case of the Beatles remixes that have come out in the last, well, ever since Sgt. Pepper and all that, you still have Paul and Ringo approving it and the Lennon camp and the Harrison camp. So at least you have that. And you're, you're only working with those recordings, those tracks, how you mix them with the limited amount of what you've got. And nowadays also because you could isolate tracks now. With AI. <laughs> no, but I mean, when you hear about, you know, what Peter Jackson and his yeah. team has come up with, and there's all other technologies that are similar to that. But you're still working with what they did, what they recorded, and nothing else. Okay? I kind of want to see Paul and Ringo get interviewed about this AI because if yeah, they're kind of starting to get like experimental with the technology a little bit, I want to I want to see them sat in a room and played some of these AI generated songs, even if it's something as ridiculous as hypothetically John Lennon singing "Telephone" by Lady Gaga, or if it's a Lennon McCartney duet that we never thought we were going to get. I want to just hear like their live reactions to it and see what they think. You never know. They, they actually could embrace it. You know, there are times when Paul, especially and Ringo in recent years has, they've been really nostalgic about the Beatle years and they miss those times and they miss John and George being there. So maybe they would consider something mm-hmm. like that, but I'd be a lot more comfortable if they approved it. I'm sure they would. McCartney I mean, 4 is going to be AI. It's going to be AI. <laughs> Can I play it on a four-track Struder, you know? Ah, <laughs> oh, right. I think we've pretty much covered everything I wanted to cover there without just listing every single version of an AI video I've seen. Uh, although standouts include every single Oasis one. Uh, I think I think people want the Beatles to do all Oasis covers. That seems to be something people want out there. Yeah, there's a lot of Wonder Walls. Don't look back in anger. Yeah, that was one. Uh, Mr. Blue Sky. There's a lot of people just doing mm. Beatle-esque stuff. I saw one that was the Beatles doing, I think, Twist and Shout with ELO or in an ELO style. And um, I thought that was okay. Yeah, there's, there's one of the older Beatles doing Twist and Shout, which is uh, quite heartfelt as well. Oh, actually, you know what? Just before we close out, Ken, what about the digitally de-aging stuff? How do you feel about that? Is that... Is that a different kettle of fish? Again, it's it's vocals that don't exist. They're not the real vocals. Well, um, well, and Scarlett can correct me if I'm wrong here. 
you can tell that they are the same original vocal tracks though because like on that bohemian rhapsody one it's not paul singing bohemian rhapsody the way he'd sing it like you know i see a little silver man it's like him doing i see a little like doing the yeah, freddy exactly that's why i say it sounded still too much like queen it didn't sound officially like the beatles you know um if you're limited in that way i think that is particularly fascinating i really like young version of deep down and I don't know. But maybe that's just because the idea of Paul being too old and Paul, you know, Paul's voice having changed is such a part of his majestic legacy, I guess. I mean, are we are we more interested in this as a topic because it seems to have hit the Beatles harder than any other fandom out there? Because obviously, again, AI, the more it has to work with, the better it is. And the Beatles are the most recorded group of people ever. Everyone knows what they sound like. So, you know, more people on the internet are going to know whether it's good or bad. And so maybe if, would we be as up in arms about this if this was other artists or are we only kind of coming out of our shells because this is a Beatle topic? It all depends upon how passionate you are about each artist, whatever artist is being affected by this. You know, if you happen to be a lover of Queen and you don't want anything being touched, it's as perfect a catalog in your mind. Like I think the Beatles catalog is perfect. You may feel the same way. Yeah, especially because in recent years there's been you know all the attacks on Paul's voice in particular. Don't get me wrong. I listen to I don't know, and I think it sounds phenomenal. The AI mm-hmm. version. There's even a point towards the end where there's an ad lib vocally that Paul never did. <laughs> oh, is you know, and this is yeah. I haven't heard this one. Oh, it's, oh, it's really, it's really cool. But I've also grown to love Paul's older voice. I'm very used to it. And, you know, I'd rather have something that's real. There are times when you you can tell from the AI versions that you're using the actual vocal take but playing with it. And there are times when it doesn't sound like it at all. Hmm. So the the I don't know one part of it sounds like it was actually taken from the original and played around with it. But there's, like I said, that ad lib part (laughs) that wasn't there in, in the recording. In Paul's original. So, you know, I, it's it's great what you can do with technology, but I still would rather that fans were brought up on the real thing. And that's just how I feel right now. It's an interesting one with you, Ken. I feel like you get it. I feel like you do get how fun and interesting this is. And I think the main difference is you might have a greater sense of self-control than I do. <laughs> I think I'm all ready to uh, let the barriers down, as it were. But with me, it's it's more than separating the real from the AI version. It's just, you know, I, I wouldn't want fans to prefer the AI version. It's just me. Even if the new the, the original versions you think are not nearly as good, it's still the real thing, what they approved of, how they would want the world to hear it. I feel know? like as long as they know that those original versions are out there, then that's good enough for me. If you just think that AI is all there is, then that's when I would get upset and say, well, no, you know, there's a whole history behind it there's all of these original albums and tracks that you got to listen to but if they're saying no like this is it this is all there is then i would have to step in and say uh no that is actually where you're incorrect i mean and again in terms of preference if you prefer ai then doesn't matter to me but as long as you know that there's that history and that legacy out there then i am content and you know if there's (laughs) that's assuming everyone's going to know that and a lot of young fans are not going to know that 
I'm just looking forward to a new way for music fans to further divide themselves and separate themselves from each other. <laughs> right. I think we've covered it there, folks. I already said that before, and then we spoke for another 15 minutes. So I'm going to cut us off there before another digression happens. Uh, thank you both so much for joining me. This has been... Uh, I didn't think we'd actually cover everything I wrote down. I said that we probably wouldn't. We ended up doing that and more. Uh, thank you so much to my two guests today. First of all, thank you so much to Skylar Moody for joining us today. It was great to have you back on the show. I told you I would. I'm sure we'll have you back on again soon. Absolutely. And thank you. Awesome. Loved your insights today. Thanks for repping the young people. We're cool. We're hip. We're down with the kids here. I'm always out there. <laughs> I'll be here all week, folks. Yes. <laughs> Take my wife, please. Oh. <laughs> and Ken, thank you for playing the role of the crotchety old git today. You uh, played it masterfully. Um, and I will indeed get off your law. I don't even seem to need to rehearse that. <laughs> it seems to come natural to me now. <laughs> you were born to play this role, Ken. You know, you're like, you're like De Niro. You just play different versions of yourself, you know. Mm. You see what Paul, he's raising his hand. Yeah, he's saying, yeah, the original recordings. That's what no, he's saying. No, he's saying, yeah, I like AI. <laughs> We're going to get an AI-generated artwork of him saying that? Probably. Yeah. And, the, and well, of course, the, the AI-generated Paul would say AI is good. Yeah, you know, you should just let me like have all your bank account details, go to your phone and stuff. Um, Face scratch and all. Yes. Uh, they should just use you doing them, Paul. <laughs> no, I, your voice. I need a face swap. I need a face swap. I really do. <laughs> right, Snapchat everyone. has a filter for that. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, that's too much for me. Well, that's, that's been around much. for years. That's nothing new. <laughs> well, if, if it's been around for years, I'll probably start looking up uh, what it's about very, very soon then, because that's my cycle. Everyone, this has been an episode of Paul or Nothing, kind of a spur of the moment, on the spot kind of thing, just having a little chit-chat, and it's been a whole lot of fun thank you for joining me with Ken Michaels and Skylar Moody for our conversation about AI this is the part where you all step in I know I always say write in and let us know your thoughts but this is a conversation that I want to hear as many viewpoints on as possible do you agree with any of us do you disagree with any of us what are your thoughts on AI are you looking forward to it are you excited are you fearful and putting tinfoil all over the roof of your house drop us an email at paulmcgarnipod at gmail.com and just say hi 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 and we're going to say hello goodbye now folks thank you for joining us for another episode of all or nothing i've been sam wells peace and love peace and love play us out denny
find for me someone strong and sweet fitting on my knee. She can keep her job if she gets in wrong. I'm a Mr. Mom's, I won't need her long. All I need is help for a little while. We can take vacation and learn to smile. And a temporary secretary is what I need for to do the job I need. A I don't need a true romancer She can be a diplomat But I don't need a girl like that She can be a neurosurgeon If she's doing not tender She'll while I need a temporary Temporary secretary of everything to stay on the right track. She can be a belly dancer, I don't need a true romancer. She can be a middleman, but I don't need a girl like that. She can be a neurosurgeon if she's doing nothing. And you know what I need? So temporary, temporary secretary. 